Welcome to the Doulos Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. How do we know what is actually right? Like you look at our world today, it's really difficult to find out what the truth is, right? Like you look just right now, and I know probably a lot of you aren't really into politics, but y'all saw that President Trump has the coronavirus, right? Like y'all seen that? I'm sure you've seen some funny things about it, but also cared about it too, hopefully, and prayed for him. Um, But you look right now, nobody knows what the truth is with when he caught it, how long did he know, where did he go, how bad are his symptoms, what's, what are they not telling us, what are they telling us, like all those things, you know? Like it's just a, a really good illustration for us for everything right now. Because when you get told something in, in this day and age, you're going, was that true or not? And I think we've all been guilty of you read something on social media and you think this is 100% true and you just run with it. And then you're like, oh, that was, that was false. That was fake news, right? That was something that someone told me that wasn't true. So here's what I want to do. I, I want to just have a little bit of fun and I need, I need some help with this. But uh, I'm just going to ask a couple questions. Y'all tell me the answers, okay? Just whatever you think. Just feel free to yell it out, Okay. So how old is the earth? Who knows? Someone give me an idea. What have you heard? How many? Couple million? Anybody want to give me something else? How old is the earth? Yeah, I can understand all that when all of you just mumble. That's great. Over 5 million? 2,505? Going once, going twice. All right. So... Anybody have any idea what the Bible teaches as to how old the, the earth is? Anybody, anybody know what, like, how old the earth is according to the Bible? Less than 6,000 years old, okay? Not what you've heard, but how do you know what's true, right? All right, let's play, let's play another game. So how long ago did dinosaurs live? What have you been told? 13 million years? Long time ago, right? Like hopefully we can find some, some blood, some DNA in a mosquito that's been caught in sap and start Jurassic World again. That, that's what we need to do to, to find these millions of years ago dinosaurs. How about this one? How long ago did the cavemen live? Who knows? Before the ice age, okay. Can I help you with something? You know cavemen aren't real? Like, you know that there was never such a thing as a caveman? Like, for real. Your Bible teaches you this. That, that there was never a time when we went around and went, like, like, that didn't happen. Like, we didn't somehow stumble upon fire one day and go, like, that didn't happen, all right? Like, we were created intelligent. You were created in the image of God. And yet somehow what happens to us, listen, what happens to us is we get filled with all kinds of of fallacies and just falsehoods where we think that somehow something is true just because we've heard it a lot. And so just because you were taught in school that, hey, the world was actually millions and millions of years old, no, it wasn't. 
Let me give you just proof for this. When you read the Bible, okay, and you read those opening pages talking about the creation, the creation account, when it talks about how God made the world and God made all the animals and he made all the fish of the sea and he made man and woman, there's people that go, well, well, maybe that was it. Maybe it was this day-age theory, right? So like a day was really like millions of years. So when God made man, it says it was the sixth day, but maybe that was like six billion years, and that's how long it took God to make man. That makes no sense. Imagine if with, when God created Adam and Eve, he created them as babies. Like, hey, here you go, Adam, have fun as a newborn with all the lions and tigers and bears and dinosaurs that are in the, in the garden right now. Like, no. When God created Adam, he created him as a man, right? Like, just think through it logically. So if that's true about humans, why would God not have created the whole world at a mature state? Why would he have not created full-grown trees and full-grown animals? And all, you, you see what I'm saying? So what we look at is we think, well, it it must have taken millions of years for the earth to mature in such a way. I mean, the Grand Canyon must have taken millions of years for the Colorado River to come cutting through it, all that. You ever notice how the Grand Canyon isn't getting any bigger? Like it's not cutting down deeper and deeper? And you say, well, that's because the water's not as, as strong in the Colorado River. You know what our strongest river is? The Mississippi. Have you seen the canyons around the Mississippi? Oh, there's not any. That's right. So this idea that, well, it was rushing water and it's the power. You, the current on the Mississippi is ridiculous. But guess what it doesn't do? It doesn't cut through all of this. And guess what? That's not rock there. It's clay. And so just don't buy something because someone told you that this is the way it is. Understand that the Bible teaches that there's something different. The Bible tells us the truth. So how do you know? Well, I've got just a few points for us today. All come from 1 John 4, and we'll see this together. Here's number one. Don't blindly believe. If you look at 1 John 1, verse 1, look what it says. It says, or excuse me, 1 John 4, verse 1. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. You hear what he says? Test every spirit. Now, let me give you the context of what John is talking about in 1 John. Is there were these people that they were coming up with all these new philosophies, right? So you heard Jesus was this way, but actually, like, I've got this secret knowledge, and I figured out Jesus is actually this way. And so they had, like, this new ideas about who Jesus was and and all of this. And what John says, he says, guys, test every spirit. It's the same thing Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.21. He says, test everything everything and cling to what is good. When Paul was in, in, uh, in Thessalonica in Acts chapter 17, he talked to the, Thessalonica, the Thessalonians, not the Thessalonians, that would be weird, but the Thessalonians, and he was telling them, he said, guys, I want you to not just trust something because I said it. 
I would tell you the same thing. Don't just blindly believe something because Cole or Brian or Mike or Matt or Kelly or your connect group leader told it to you. That's blind belief. The Bible doesn't call us to do that. It says to test every spirit, to test everything. And you know what Paul tells the people in Thessalonian and Thessalonica? Gosh, I'm going to mess that up a lot. Acts chapter 17, verse 11, he says, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word with all eagerness, watch this, examining the scriptures daily to see if the things we taught them were true. Don't blindly believe, no matter who told it to you. Listen, the, the word of God is so solid that you don't need to just believe that I told you it. Like, verify what I said. Verify the things that I'm telling you. This is a danger we have in our world today because there's so many voices. Used to be, I'm gonna sound like the old guy, okay? Used to be you, you could only hear people that you were close to. So, hey, I could only go to this church, so I'm gonna hear these things. These days, you get 15 to two-minute sermon clips on your social media all the time that someone posted. And so you don't know much about it, but it inspired you when you'd listen to it. And so you share it. Or someone else shares it. You're like, ah, that was good. Having no idea that this person's a total false teacher. But this two minutes of what they shared was actually really kind of good. You don't blindly believe. Listen, you follow what you know to be true based upon the word of God. So why is it so important for us to not just blindly believe? Look what he says. He says, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many false prophets. You know the interesting thing about the majority of false teaching? Is it's almost 100% correct. It's just a little bit different. And so you can listen to a false teacher and you'll agree with 97% of what they say. It's that 3% that really gets you in trouble though. And this is, the, this is the danger we all face. You say, well, Matt, how are we supposed to know whether or not we should, we should follow something? So what I like to do is I, I like to use, when the Bible defines something, let's define it by the Bible, okay? So when you talk about what faith is, belief, trust, okay, the Bible describes this for us. Hebrews 11, verse 1. He says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and confident of what we do not see. You know how the majority of people listen to that verse? They hear, well, it's what we hope for, it's what we do not see. And so we all think, like, have you guys ever seen Indiana Jones when the bridge isn't there? And he does this thing and he's like, oh, wow, and there was actually a bridge there, and he stepped, and it's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. People think that's following Jesus, where you're going, well, I've never seen him. I don't know this is all true, and so what I don't see, what I hope for, I hope that there's heaven. You ever heard someone tell you, like, when they're arguing with an unbeliever, and they're like, hey, if you're wrong and you die, it's going to be really bad for you, but if I'm wrong, oh, well, I still lived a good life. That's a terrible explanation for following Jesus, like, I don't have to hope that there's a heaven. I know that there's a heaven. Listen to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is, be, is being sure of what we hope for and confident of what we do not see. 
It's sure and confident. It's not some blind faith going, oh, well, I have no idea. No, you can be sure and you can have confidence because of what the Bible teaches you. Because this is truth. And this is what John is telling his, his listeners. He's saying, listen to me. This isn't some blind walk of faith. Don't just believe blindly. Know what you're believing. Because many false prophets go into the world. So, well, how do we know if it's a false prophet? A couple quick questions. Does it agree with what Scripture says? If something agrees with Scripture, it's good. If something doesn't agree with Scripture... Don't listen to it. Number two, does it affirm with what the Spirit inside you tells you? Does it agree with Scripture? Does it affirm what the Spirit inside tells you? Okay, because what Jesus told his disciples, he says, you don't need another teacher. He says, for my Spirit will teach you all things. Like sometimes we get all freaked out about the Holy Spirit. We're like, oh no, what's this all mean? What what what? Jesus told his disciples, he says, the Spirit will guide you to all truth. So look at Scripture first. This is the final word of God. You have it all in front of you. Does it agree with Scripture? Does it align with what the Spirit inside of you says? Like sometimes, you know, when you watch something or you listen to something and you're just like, eh, I'm not really sure. Like, does it align with what the Spirit inside of you says? Third one, does it, I just went blank on it. I knew I should have written this one down. Does it align? Okay, well, deal with those two. It was something about, I'll get to it by the end because it's my last point as well. So we'll get there, all right? But just stay with it. I can't think of it. It was an A word. I'm gonna get there, all right? Here's number two. Do your research and focus on the essentials. Look at what he says. Verse two, by this you know the Spirit of God that every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Listen to what John says. He says, do your research, focus on the essentials. When we, as Christians, try to live in unity, there's certain things that are essential and there's certain things that are non-essential. What we believe about Jesus is absolutely essential. Notice what he doesn't say here. He doesn't say, hey, make sure they agree with taking communion every week or not. Make sure they agree with the type of baptistry that you should have. Make sure they agree with uh, songs that you sing or the way that you sing them or any of those things. He doesn't say those. Those are non-essentials. You know what's essential? What we say about Jesus. So if you want to see if someone is a false teacher, look at what they say about Jesus. If they've turned Jesus into someone who is not 100% fully God, fully man, 100% of the time, this is someone who's a false teacher. You know, I, I, uh, I won't name names or do anything like that, but there's a... Uh, there's a popular teacher who, when they teach, they talk, and they talk about Jesus as if you could be like Jesus, that Jesus was just a son of God. That's what Jehovah's Witnesses believe, by the way. Not that he was the son of God. He was just a son of God. 
Mormons have this same kind of philosophy where they think that you're God's son too. And so just like Jesus rules this planet, you're gonna rule your planet someday. That's why it's a false teaching because what they say about Jesus is false. And so when Jehovah's Witnesses go uh, in John 1, they actually changed what it says. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know what the Jehovah's Witness Bible, if you can call it that, says? It says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was a God. No, the Word was God. You see how it's, how it's different? So you look at what someone says about Jesus. If they don't believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he lived a perfect and sinless life, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried in a borrowed tomb, that he rose again on the third day, that he ascended into heaven and he's interceding for you before the Father right now, then those people are false teachers. You got it? Like, do your research and focus on the essentials. Don't get lost in, oh, well, this person says that you know, someone else wrote Hebrews. None of us know who wrote Hebrews. Don't focus on that. That's not essential. But you want to know what you focus on? What's most important? But look at how he says it. He says, the Spirit of God confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. That is the Spirit from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. <clears throat> and then he says this line. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, this freaks some of y'all out, right? Like when you hear about the Antichrist, you're like, ooh. You know, have you, ever, have you ever heard someone like say Donald Trump's the Antichrist or used to be Barack Obama was the Antichrist. I guess he didn't get the job done, so now Trump had to be the Antichrist. Or maybe Biden's the Antichrist or maybe Barack, or, uh, uh, Barack. LeBron James is the Antichrist. That's what I was thinking. Um, you know, you, you think all these crazy things or like... Anybody ever look at a Monster Energy bottle or, or, or a can, and, and you're like, oh, but that's, that's Hebrew for 666, and if I drink a Monster Energy, then I'm the Antichrist, you know, like, you freak out about all this stuff. Like, people get all bent out of shape about who the Antichrist is, and that, you know what, someday we are going to need to worry about it. That's not what John's talking about. When he says it's the spirit of the Antichrist, he's not saying, hey, this is one person who's going to come at the end times. The word Antichrist means against Christ. So when Jesus told his disciples, if you're not for me, you're what? Against me. That's all John is referring to. He's saying if someone is not Essential, right? Like if they're not saying that Jesus came in the flesh, then they're against him. They're an enemy of the gospel. They're someone that's trying to lead people astray. And sure, they might use scripture, but they're false teachers. You know, the thing, I, I had a professor in college that he, he's the one who taught me this whole idea about false teachings um, because I liked a false teacher. Like, He's not around anymore, but in college, I, like, I thought he was a great preacher. And he told me, he goes, you know what, what's interesting is, <clears throat> if you have no idea what I make or what ingredients I put into brownies when I give them to you, like, you'll just eat them. And you'll go, oh, wow, these are great. But you didn't know the ingredients that I put in there. Only I know what I'm putting into this. 
And so he used this illustration. He was like, if I put a little bit of dog poop in a brownie, like, you're not going to notice it if it's a really small amount. But the more I put in there, the more you're going to go, this tastes like dog poop, right? Like, and you'll, you'll catch on pretty soon. And he said, so why would a false teacher fill it with all the false teaching right up front? No, they're going to, they're going to try to lure you in and make you think, hey, this is, this is the same thing I believe. You know, when I, was, when I was in college, we had a group of Mormons, that, uh, Mormon missionaries, who, these were, these were guys same age as us. Uh, many of you have Mormon friends, and they'll go on these missionary journeys. So when you turn 18, instead of going to college, they will go and they'll devote two years of their life trying to share their faith of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They don't believe in Jesus, okay? <clears throat> but they used to come to our house. I lived with seven other guys in college. We were all training for ministry. So these Mormons show up, they knock on our door, and it's like, y'all picked the wrong house today. Don't know if you know that. Uh, but they knock on our door, and we're like, come on in, guys. We'd love to hear about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so legitimately, we spent seven weeks telling them, we'll allow you guys to try to convert us, but you also have to allow us to try to convert you. And so they would come over, and about two weeks in, their, uh, I forget what it's called, but they had like this compound that they lived in that we weren't allowed to go to, just the special Mormons were. And, um, and they, they stopped letting them come over. They, would, they sent us two new Mormon missionaries. And it was the same thing for two weeks, two week things. It was Elder Tree and Elder Potassi were the first ones that, we, uh, that we, we had, but then they had to move on because we were, you know, poking holes in their theology and they had no idea what to do. But you know what they told us they were taught? That no matter what you say you believe about Jesus as a Christian, you know what they're taught to say? Well, we believe the same thing. Because you know what they know? The majority of Christians don't know what they actually believe about Jesus. And so a Mormon is just going to tell you they believe all the same things as you because you have no idea how to argue it about it. And so if I just come up to you and, and you go, well, we believe in a different Jesus. You, no, you don't. I believe in the Bible too. Well, I mean, you guys have a different. No, we study the New Testament just like you do. Well, uh, um, well you're going to have a planet someday that I'm not going to have. And that's, the, you know, like you try to use this stuff and they just tell you, no, we don't believe those things. I don't know who you've heard that from. Maybe that's how Mormonism used to be, but that's not who we are today. We're the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We love Jesus. You hear how dangerous that is? They're just putting a little bit of dog poop in those brownies, right? But that's why it's important for you to not just believe blindly, do your research, focus on the essentials, and here's what you need to understand. Number three, that your greatest source of truth lives inside you. Listen to how John describes this in verse four. He says, Little children, you are from God. Literally, that you have been given life by God, like, a, like childbirth is what this means. You are from God, and you have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The greatest source of truth that you and I have already lives inside you. Like, don't, don't, don't fret about this. You know the disciples did the same thing? 
Like they were scared to death that Jesus was gonna leave and they were like, oh, he's gonna leave? We're not gonna know anything. We have no, no idea how to defend ourselves. We have no idea how to come up with the arguments like he does. Like he's just so much better than we are at this. And you remember what Jesus told him? He said, don't be scared when you stand before rulers or principalities or, or governors. He said, for in those moments, my spirit will remind you of everything I've taught you, and he'll tell you what to say. Don't be scared of what God's already given you. Like, when you start to do what you're called to do, when you start to really believe what the Bible teaches, it's empowering. Brian was talking about it just a few weeks ago with Romans chapter 8, that the that this, the same spirit that raised Jesus from a de- the dead is alive in everyone who believes. That's Romans 8. And this whole idea is that when you tap into what God has inside you, listen to the words he says. He says, you have overcome them. Why? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. But I also need you to understand a couple more things. All right, number five, or number four. Don't be surprised when the world disagrees with you. Look what it says in verse 5. He says, they're from the world. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. You know what John tells his, his hearers? Don't be surprised, surprised when the world disagrees with what you say or what you believe. You remember what Jesus told his disciples in John 16, 33? He says, in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. In in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells uh, tells his disciples, if you're going to be my disciple, you're going to be persecuted. Like it's coming for everyone. He tells his disciples that the reason the world does not know you is it doesn't know me. So don't be surprised when the world disagrees with you. That's all right. You're not doing things for popularity. You're doing things because you love Jesus. And you really want to find the truth. You really want to know what you're called to know. Trust God's word. Last one, number five. Surround yourself with people that align with Jesus. In verse 6, he says, we, notice this, it's all together. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Listen, surround yourself with people who align with Jesus. Does it agree with Scripture? Does it align with what the spirit inside of me says? And I guess I'll use a line again. Does it align with people that follow Jesus, the people I know? But here's the thing. There's a battle for truth in our world. And are you going to let someone else try to claim that they win it? You remember what Jesus said in John 14, 6? Jesus answered his disciples and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And you know what Jesus was saying? He was saying, I'm the way. Literally, I'm I'm the blueprint. 
I'm going to show y'all how to do this, how to live this life, and I'm going to create a way for you to get to the Father that you couldn't have on your own. I am the truth. You know what's crazy about that? Is that no one else has claimed to be the truth because no one else is fully the truth. He is the word of truth. He has given us his word. So if something doesn't align with Jesus, it's not, it's not truth. He's the fullness of it. He says, I am the life. Elsewhere in the same gospel, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. He is the one who breathes life and gives life to us. There is no life outside of Jesus. And so you want to know the truth. You want to know what really matters. You follow what God's word tells you to do. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Do Loss You. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.